This is Michael, you're listening to Models of Masters, and I'm so grateful you're here. I'm breaking down personal stories, learned wisdom, and pieces of insight I hope can help you along your journey. Head over to my website, michaelbecker.org, for much more. And with that, let's get right into the show. Jeremy, what is going on, man? Hello. Greetings from Houston, Texas. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's great to have you on the show. Um, Thank you. So we were just we were just kind of chatting before we hopped on. I have been in content marketing and SEO my whole career, which has been oh, okay eight years until now. Um, so a lot has changed in that time. Yes. Uh, what are you seeing as kind of the the key shifts within the industry in terms of what people need to do to? make sure that they're ranking high for all the keywords that, you know, their, their audience is looking for. Oh, great question. Um, one particular is especially related to review posts. I, I noticed that Google's change uh, late November of 21 had a very significant impact on several product review posts that I was involved with. And I felt like Google immediately raised the bar for um, what they expected from a review post, and I'm, I'm sure, you know, content in general. But the bottom line is, Google really would like to know, um, and, and the algorithm is, is really able to tell now if you've actually handled the product, touched the product, used the product, and if you're just somebody's just sort of spitting out content like about a product or about a topic uh, without demonstrating sort of inner knowledge and, and a personal familiarity, then they're going to have trouble probably see rankings decline so um you know the good news is smaller players i think have more potential newer sites lower domain rank lower domain authorities can make progress and can rank with really interesting um like personalized content nice and i will get more into that into the discussion here uh sure. i probably put the hard cart before the horse but that's okay uh, being so excited about everything that's changing with content and SEO, but can you talk a little bit about, I guess, uh, your guys' dynamic duo, a little bit about your background, and then sure. what you do at DIY SEO as well? Sure. Okay. So I had a nonprofit work, and I published a book independently, and I began a journey of discovering online business back in late 2012, and started listening to podcasts and getting just inspired by all the different potential that was out there of course to make money and to you know share a message or get you know get attention and reaction online and um, got into WordPress website building eventually started essentially a solo agency with my wife and we served clients um, uh, you know as 1099 contractors they were too small to like hire a full-time digital marketing specialist and so they hired us for you know a fraction of what it would have cost to hire a full-time person and then we worked for a variety of different companies. So we, I, I have a lot of background in website development and small business SEO. Um, I have done a few larger projects or larger players, but most of my experience is, is dealing with local individuals trying to solve their SEO puzzle, rank higher on the maps, rank higher organically, uh, you know, in their in their in their local market. Can you just talk for a minute about the growth that you've that you guys have seen in your agency? I think you've you've grown to a six-figure agency, and yeah, yeah. I mean, it was really really a blessing. I mean, it felt 
like a little bit of a slow journey. I had a client or two before I left my full-time job. And so I was sort of like operating at like a quarter of the income level that I would have liked, you know, uh, and, and, and just slowly added, you know, um, a lot of word of mouth um, and, um, you know, picked up Word, WordPress website development projects and then started um, selling website hosting and maintenance packages, uh, SEO, a little bit of social media, although that's not my forte. So, um, but I really sought to sort of see, solve, you know, whatever, whatever situation I was presented with in the most efficient way. I love tools. I follow AppSumo and all the, you know, tool uh, junkies out there. And um, I've, you know, been, been really excited. With DIY SEO is essentially a startup launched. It's my system or my method that I developed to do SEO. And so I've launched it off, you know, off of my agency experience. I realized that for a lot of people, especially at the, the early stages, startups, small businesses, they it's hard to, to pay or, or lay out, you know, a couple grand, if you will, for for professional full service SEO. Sometimes they're paying for tools that they don't really use. And so I, the system is designed to uh, give them agency power, uh, relying, uh, you know, harnessing their own manpower, their own workforce. Um, you know, to, to, to drive um, their SEO forward. Okay. Okay, cool. So you guys kind of use a proprietary system and then do you have a platform or a software tool that your clients can log into to work great, with? Great question. Um, I, I look forward to evolving, you know, to sort of level two. But So I've got a membership uh, site with a set of databases primarily hovering around um, action steps, the, the very things I do to organize an SEO project, everything from getting the logos organized to filling out basic brand or business in the Google Sheets, right? Replicate that, um, setting up a marketing, you know, marketing at the, the domain email for uh, marketing purposes. So I walk through these steps are all listed out, and then I've got backlink build opportunities. That's really the feature, if you will, of so, so I I reference tools that I use. And for many people, I try work like Hrefs is my my go-to, but also some other, you know, like uh, Chrome extensions and, and stuff like that, like the Moz Toolbar to get a sense of their, their domain authority. So I really I just show them what I do. Uh, most of it is is free or unpaid um, tools, and then I've got the backlink lists where I'm saying, hey, in month one, small business, um, you know, HVAC startup in Columbus, Ohio, build these backlinks in month one. Their general backlinks, including things like YouTube, you know, where everyone should should have a backlink from YouTube. Um, you know, there's no reason not to. And so I'm just walking them through a variety of general directories, general SEO tools, um, where they're starting to get some backlink attention. Then I've also got industry-specific backlinks for 25 different industries, and I've got location-specific backlinks um, starting here in Texas. So somebody, if someone's in the Houston area. I've got 50 different Houston backlink building opportunities and I'm giving them a sheet and I'm saying, Hey, build 20 to 30 a month following, you know, what, what I'm laying out for you, almost like a workout plan might be laid out for us or, you know, a nutrition plan, et cetera. So, um, then at the, the higher levels, I've got special plays where I help, um, an organization harness their existing assets or, or their existing, um, you know, good, good Quan 
to um, to affect PR and SEO benefit. For example, like a community event, a job posting, a scholarship offering, um, other positive things like that that they may already be doing. Maybe a published paper, an industry uh, acknowledgement. Um, so I show a, a podcast like like this. So I've got a list of podcast sites. 30, 40, 50 sites related to podcasting where someone with a show can can build a backlink, like make sure their podcast listed here on this directory, this tool, this, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So it's just a lot of what I'm doing is sort of cataloging and quantifying um, for easy, efficient access. So someone might start a podcast and build 20 backlinks off of that podcast and, and they're a small business uh, located in Florida, you know, and so I'm giving them this idea and, uh, you know, usually that can, I, I tell people usually there's a hundred referring domain gap between us, you know, a newer or smaller player, uh, home service company and, and the number one or number two player in the market. So if that smaller player will create 100 positive referring domains, you know, ranging from top quality domain authority, medium and low, they will, they will catch up. Um, you know, I mean, I'm simplifying the SEO game, perhaps oversimplifying for some, but uh, the goal is to get small businesses, you know, moving and, and doing something positive and understanding this game. And I feel like ultimately many of us know no one can do as good a job as you can with your own your own thing. So I'm just giving them the tools and the systems and, and the backlink resources that I use. And if they'll build them, um, you know, and I'm talking about building business directories, reaching out to sites and, you know, with an email or a form, hey, w- would you mind listing us here, uh, paying for $20 here, $50 here to be added or listed. Uh, so ultimately, it's not rocket science. Um, mm-hmm. It's just a little bit of diligence and, uh, you know, this kind of knowledge that can move them forward. Yes. Yeah. It's really great. You know, the, the way that the way that I kind of did it and it was it was strictly B2B. Um, the way I was kind of schooled and I'm I'm a big Neil Patel uh, digital marketing mm-hmm. guy. That was kind of like where I started my SEO learning journey. Sure. And I began with a startup and it was this is a previous life like six years ago. Um, oh yeah. Need to be so scrappy and building our domain authority as quick as we could. And mm. in the B2B space, you know, I found the best way to do that quickly was to reach out to influencers, uh, yeah. blog podcasters, forge relationships with them, collaborate with them to do guest post swaps on their website, our website, okay. um, you know, get, get, uh, uh, placements where we could on, on trade organizations, um, yes. and, and just be really scrappy in that way. So you just mentioned a few ways that sounds like mostly, I, correct me if I'm wrong, mostly B2C companies would want to think about building links quickly. Are there any other like really tactical things that local or B2C companies should be thinking about? Yes, great, great question. And I think your experience is really fascinating because just the, the startup tech world and the the people that you reached out to, I consider that really the highest tier of, of SEO work. I mean, we're talking specifically about off-page SEO and backlink building. And and at, I mean, you, you, you were doing the top level stuff where you're actually networking online. Um, and the truth is that's actually where I like people. I would, I, I would hope people sort of el- escalate to 
with the B2C yeah. companies, um, you know, without a Michael or, you know, a, like a, a digital marketing specialist in their team, I feel like they can harness like an administrative person or an intern or potentially a business owner themselves, grab these tools and, and do uh, sort of, you know, lower and mid-tier SEO backbuilding work really quickly and really efficiently. So that's what I would say I'm, I'm, I'm guiding them to do. Um, and graduating to uh, some of the higher tier stuff where they're out, out uh, networking. Yes, a tactical thing I would share, uh, you brought up, is harnessing discount opportunities. So anytime a business can offer a discount, especially when they're, you know, when they really are a B2C um, or selling a product or something with a wide appeal, um, then harness category discounts. And I've, I've built a lot of this information into DIY SEO. For example, first responders, educators, military, seniors, students, the, there, are, there are more categories. And so I've really played this out. And uh, so by having a page, gemsplumbing.com backslash military discounts, establishing this discount, of course, legitimately offering a discount, um, then uh, the representative of Jim's Plumbing can go on, on my page for discounts and see all the different military discount uh, list catalog pages out there that they can submit their military discount to. So militarydiscounts.com or et cetera. And so I've, I've cataloged or listed out information about how to reach out to those sites, email or a form and share that that you know that military discount opportunity so so that's that's meant to knock out a couple a couple different things at once right you're driving traffic to your domain which is going to increase your domain authority when you get traffic in and then you're also creating engagement with your business that's going to ultimately lead to more sales yeah yeah i mean really And, and you're getting that yeah you're getting that backlink from that that site or that organization that yeah you definitely wouldn't have connected with otherwise, you know? And so I, when I first got into backlink building, I mean, I found it overwhelming in the sense I was wondering, okay, I'm working with the number six plumbing company here. Where did, how did the number one company get all these backlinks from these cool websites? And so um, I, I, I sort of reverse engineered that process and figured out as much as I could um, you know, how to, how to obtain those backlinks. And then I realized what are some creative ways to sort of, you know, flank, flank the competition? What are they not doing that, that someone can do? So an example here is, is a discount. Very, very few smaller businesses are doing this. This is a tactic more prevalent among like a B2B company, a larger, you know, medium to even like a, a national brand. And so I've studied the backlink profiles of sites like Lawn Starter and ZipRecruiter and Zippo and, you, I, I, I looked and you know, ascertained their strategy basically, and so I've seen hundreds of educator discount backlinks, you know, like like up to a hundred from, you know, on a particular backlink profile, and so I I'm in there cataloging. Wow, okay, this site, this site, this site, this site is listing educator discounts, and I'm bringing that back to my DIY SEO folks so they can quickly create the educator discount and pursue those those mentions so you know that's that's huge because even if they get just a small fraction of of the 80 sites that they could reach out to if they get eight you know i mean that's like eight universities linking to um bob's hvac you know in peora illinois 
So it's just, that's so different than what his competitors would, would have, or, I mean, you know. Yeah. So what do you think is a reasonable time frame, right? For, for a brand new business, let's say somebody's springing up their own consultancy or their own agency, their own coaching practice, right? Mm -hmm. um, just created a new Kajabi page or a new WordPress backend, and they're wanting to figure out how they can rank you know, on the first or second page for, let's say, five to 10 keywords that people are searching um, okay. for their industry, what would be the first thing that you would recommend that they prioritize? I would say building some general business directories. Um, you said a, a, my Kaj a Kajabi page or or their own domain. Um, yeah. yeah, like a, just a regular website. So, you know, if they're, if they're working with a, a, a Kajabi domain, they're actually getting some benefit because that's the Kajabi domain. So that might be smart in some sense. Now, of course, the, we know for branding and maybe professional appearance purposes, it's better to have your own domain. But they they, they could have a head start there because they're working right off the, the strength of the Kajabi domain. And I've seen this often in search results where a really sort of thin uh, content website built off square or something you know using the, the square domain um, ranks surprisingly well so that might be depending on what someone's trying to do you know if they're kind of trying to make a quick entry into like a, like an online marketing topic or a teaching topic or something like that that really using the, the kajabi domain might make sense i use kajabi myself but i'm I'm basically wrapping it back to my my custom domain, but yeah. I mean the longer play is building up that domain by um, you know your your custom your original domain by building some general directories first, then pursuing something like you know if you're a startup I've actually got a list of startups startup backlink sources so they're an easy ten to twelve quick sites that'll list your startup you know hacker hacker noon would be a good example of one of those it's, it's really easy to get listed on hacker noon and that's a good um good startup website so and maybe picking a special play if you're new you know like are you going to go with podcasting do you have written material that that technically is a book then you can be listed on author sites you know if you, if you wrap it up as a kindle ebook or something um you know are you going to do like a contest or giveaway those are other special plays so just picking one and kind of going with that and that'll get you that plus some general directories will get you off the ground. Yeah. And I think it's important for people to, to recognize as well. SEO is really an investment and, mm. you know, you're investing in more than discoverability. You know, mm. you don't just want to be found. You want to make sure that when people are clicking through uh, yeah. on an on, on a listing um, yeah. that they're landing on a page that's going to deliver immense value so that they actually stay because if everybody bounces after three seconds of landing on your web page because it's not what they were looking for that's going to demote you in the rankings that's going to yeah. backfire on your yeah. seo and so the way i was always taught is you know it's it's great to get them in the door but you want to keep them in the house and the way you do that is by creating really rich evergreen long form content up to now at least in b2b it's all all been about long form mm -hmm. uh, i'm wondering if that's changing with this micro content evolution that we're seeing mm -hmm. um, 
but that's kind of been that's been my perspective is is SEO is very much a long-term game. Are you seeing that change? Um, great question. I, I would I would affirm everything you're saying. I think that's really solid. I, I, you're right. I mean, we're I'm talking a lot about building backlinks and getting this domain authority up for small business owners. Yeah. What 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 they're providing on their page does need to be rewarding and and be meritorious. Um, you know, for those who are clicking and landing, and that that really does make make a difference, and that it, that is important for them to remember. Really, I would tell I tell the small business owner. Thankfully, their challenge isn't you know supremely hard because they're not competing against major media blog publications. But they they ought to look at what their top one, two, three competitors are uh, you know are offering on their service pages, and then quickly seek to you know one up that. Um, yes. So so that people you know are impressed. And uh, from most small businesses, they only need two to five stellar pages right mm-hmm. you know covering the the key pillars of of their service offering um so that's a good thing and um yeah i do i do think seo is an investment it takes time it's it's almost it's like a sellable asset i mean if someone's going to buy your 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 home service business or your your e-commerce business they're going to look at the domain authority and that's something yeah. that you would like to improve over time um you know, it's like a piece of marketing that needs to be there. It's not the only form of marketing, but it's a form that, you know, ought to be addressed over time. I mean, what if some office was building 20 new backlinks a month? I've got over right. 3000 in my catalog, you know, so over a period of four years, they're going to have a really strong, um, you know, backlink profile and thus domain authority, especially relative to to their local competitors. So, I mean, that that really is the game. I think long form is is powerful in general. And I mean, answering questions that people are asking, looking at the Google, keep, um, you know, the Google search explorer, the little drop downs that we see when we type in a search query, you know, you see those variations. It really helps you to understand like, you know, what, what conversations like right around the main keyword are are important you know like how do i do this how do i start doing this you know how long does it take for this to work like what are the alternatives what what happens if i don't do this maintenance you know what are the so really having like a well-rounded discussion of the topic um create in which results in long form i think is is going to pay off because i've seen i've seen pages you know probably like you when you're studying the competition out there, you can you can see one page or one post ranking for hundreds, sometimes even thousands of keyword variations. Yeah. Yep. And um, I mean, many brands are built off two two pages. I mean, you know, like they've got two pages that are just mm-hmm. ranking, delivering visitors over and over and over. And so, um, I think micro content's great, especially for social and, you know, kind of like that, like entree and the TikTok and like very, very powerful, almost like t- you could take a long form blog post about ant control and, and turn that into 20 little, you know, micro pieces to, for Instagram and TikTok and, you know, little images of this or, you know, show, show this aspect or that aspect and like, but the, the long form is kind of like the home base of that, of that topic. Yeah, and I, I think there's a couple of big points you made there. I want to come back to the to the valuation aspect. Of, okay. Uh, you know, having having that inflow of of organic traffic coming in, 
I want to get back to that in one second, but before I forget, um, discoverability is huge, right? But as business owners, we also have to understand how to discover um, the keywords that people are searching as mm. opposed to making educated guesses. We actually want to be making da data-driven decisions um, based on what we know people are searching. The way I've done that in the past is I've used just contextual results based on what Google shows in a given search. Yes. That no people are searching for, for my, mm -hmm. you know, for whatever I'm, I'm marketing. Mm -hmm. um, there are websites you can use as well. You can actually, you used to be able to use AdWords. I uh, don't know if you can still do that to see mm -hmm. what people are looking for. And then there's a couple other website tools, but I'm curious what you use and what you recommend to find those terms. Oh, thank you. Great question. Yes, um, I'm totally with you. I mean, I, I sort of begin with like my own or, or maybe the client's own understanding of, of the terms and how they see things. But then yeah. quickly, we need to use a term. I mean, use some tools to begin to harmonize the the client's perspective or, you know, the, the, the business owner's perspective on how to communicate what they do and what they offer. And then, the you know, with with what the, the general public or, or the you know the perspective body of users out there are using are thinking and, and describing and so i use hrefs um i use the hrefs keyword explorer i was just on there earlier today uh you can have an hrefs trial i believe seven dollars seven days uh, i also use a free um a freemium tool called keyword explorer it's a chrome extension and that's really fun because it will it will give you some information right in your in your browsing window as you go and you can pay for use little credits paid credits and, and and build out your information you can download it as a csv but I, I do like quickly seeing volumes of terms and so um i was looking up oil and gas investing and you know, some terms had 500 some terms had 700 monthly searches some had 10 or 20 different you know so um it was fun. It was fun to look at that. Yes, it's it's an important game, and I probably no two SEOs or, or digital marketers have the same keyword research approach. But we we know we've got to use some tools, get some data, and and harmonize that with our own and our clients' understanding, and and, and come up with with some terms. The good thing is, if you rank for for a term like you know blue hats, you're going to rank for long tail variations of that as well. So that's that's a fun aspect, you know, blue hats with adjustable backs or fitted blue hats or, you know, so if you do the work and you, you rank for the, the parent term in this case, blue hats, you're going to get a lot of long tail benefit. If you're smaller, you can pursue maybe a long tail first, you know, adjustable back long hat or blue hats and, and maybe get in and rank for that. And so sometimes that's maybe where you need to set your goals, the longer tail, um, just because there's so many big fish ranking for the blue hat and you're new, you know, so you're like, oh, look, let me get the, let me go after the 2000 searches a month for adjustable back blue hat, you know? And so, so that might be your whole post, you know, that might be a page. So that, that, that can really help sort of being realistic and understanding the competition that's out there. I teach the small business owners to use my, my Google sheet and list off their top three competitors, uh, both based on what, what they see online and, and also using a tool like Ahrefs, which will show you who you have the most keywords in common with, which essentially makes them your real online com competitor. Mm -hmm. um, 
listing off their domain, noting their domain authority, noting how many quality referring to domains they have. I usually just cut off below 20. So a lot of times the number will be a domain authority of 16 for competitor number one. Referring domains might be 90. They might have 90 referring domains that I can see in hrefs above uh, above a domain authority at 20. So I'm just cutting off like the bottom of fifth. And then uh, I actually will copy and paste those 90 referring domains into my sheet. And so I'm I'm essentially creating the matchup. And so my competitor in this scenario might have, or uh, the, the client in this scenario might have 20 referring domains, um, a domain authority of seven. And so I'm essentially saying, look, here's the gap, 70. 70 referring domains between you and competitor number one. Um, they can get ideas right there from uh, especially industry-related backlinks that they might see in their competitor's backlink profile, and then they can start building the general links, the industry links, you know, doing a special play and just kind of like going from there. Got it. So there's also a cool use case that I would love for you to share. And okay. you a bunch of great tactics and strategies that you help your clients with. But mm -hmm. can you talk about the, there was a home service client that you helped uh, go to the number three position for a, I would imagine a very high volume keyword, air yeah. cleaning in your mm -hmm. local area. Mm -hmm. So how did you do that? Great. Okay. Yeah. So we, we worked together. This happened in really, I'd say month two. Um, they came with a domain authority of like 12 or 14. So, so some work had been done, you know, they were like, they, they were ranking for, for longer tail variations and so on. Um, I'm sorry, let me just interject real quick for people that aren't familiar. So when you create a brand new website, you have a very, very low domain authority. You're starting off at the very bottom. So it goes from zero to 100. Sites with higher domain authorities are more authoritative, you know, more credible, um, and they're yeah. able to be discovered easier theoretically in search. So websites like Forbes, they have a really high domain authority, probably like in the 90s. I don't know, but that's yeah. just kind of how that works. That's a great way to describe domain authority. Totally. You start with nothing. And that explains why uh, people ask that question. Like, why don't I see my website or why don't I yeah. see my brand when I type in, you know, green frog outfitters? It's because Google almost really doesn't even notice this website at all until, uh, until there's a backlink to, to point them to that site. Cause that's how, you know, that's how they're discovering and mapping and indexing the web. With the crawlers, they have to move from you know a site that exists towards your site. So those initial backlinks kind of provide that on button. Sorry to interrupt you there. No problem. That was great. So yeah, so you were asking about this particular you know home service company, air cleaning. So they came with a domain that was was solid. We improved the text on that page. We added, I'd say, a paragraph of of just solid meat about air cleaning in this case and then we built the 20 referring domains you know for for each month so somewhere around 30 to 40 re new referring domains were were built so the combination of adding some text material to the air cleaning page and then supporting you know, all of our efforts uh, all of our seo efforts with new backlinks from new referring domains just tripped Google sensors and you know they went from ranking number 12 which would be on the second page to ranking number three for air cleaning so I do believe like you know Google sees that the algorithm is is stimulated or tickled by by some new activity and probably yeah. in this case 
their com- competition had been stagnant, you know, during that same period of time. Um, so it was just sort of like showing some dynamism, you know, with, with, with my client. And, um, so that's, that's why it's so important just to, you know, to, to have something new happening, uh, over time, Google's going to notice that like, Oh, they're, you know, connected to podcasts now. Oh, they're connected to their, their executive wrote a book, you know, now they're, they're listed on author sites. Oh, they have a scholarship and, you know, so it's that progression over time that definitely, um, uh, will, you know, kind of raise the profile and raise the likelihood of Google responding positively. You know, I mean, the key is not to get overwhelmed and the key is not to engage in all this effort if there's, if it doesn't make business sense. But so once a business determines, yes, we do need to do SEO, you know, we, we have the potential to rank for these terms. There is volume, there is business, there's revenue out there, then a reasonable methodical march forward just like you or i might do like a learning program or or a fitness program i mean that's you know you really will see results I, as soon as two months and and i often tell people six months i mean you can you can catch your competition i mean because you you've if they've lined that out in a sheet you know they can they can be there and reasonably in six months and and then fine-tune from there you know okay now we need to add this page okay we need a little boost Let's do, let's do another special play, you know? I mean, mm-hmm. so yes, I, I list paid links, I list free links. I mean, there are legitimate paid link opportunities where you're paying for a placement, um, you know, on a directory, on a website and, um, you know, all kinds of, I've got stuff like if you're an alumni of certain colleges, you can be listed on their alumni business pages. You can, um, I've got demographic link opportunities. So minority or women owned businesses, have a set of opportunities um, that they can legitimately reach out to and connect with and be listed on. And so, um, yeah, it's pretty, pretty fascinating what, um, you know, the business is, is veteran owned. That's a whole category. So that's different than a veteran discount. That's veteran owned, you know, so yeah. it's, it's uh, uh, I, I even cataloged a big list of COVID related backlinks, you know, like the, the we're still open pages in the, essentially the first year of, of COVID 2020. So there were li- listing opportunities. We, you know, hey, we're open, or we're, we're offering, you know, delivery or shipping, or you know, all the just unique things that businesses were doing um, created a backlink opportunities. Can we talk about page optimization for a second? Um, sure. And the reason I ask is because I, I was always under the impression that you know, creating really dynamic web pages once people found you that included multimedia videos, you know, different types of content and text was a positive, not just for the user experience, but was actually something that the algorithms liked to see as well, as opposed to just a plain static page, because they know that people like to consume content in different types of ways. Is that something that is still relevant today? Or do you think it's really just, maybe it's just things have switched to just video if the algorithms are facing you know, favoring that, what are you seeing in terms of, you know, actual on-page optimization? Okay. I, I feel like text is still wildly valuable and in a an interspaced mix of video to provide that multimedia experience greatly helps. People, I mean, Google just loves text. I mean, there's there's no way around it. So when, when podcasters like you do show notes, et cetera, yeah. having all that text even the complete transcription of the episode, which many tools will do for us now, 
um, is so valuable. There's just no, there's nothing like it. Um, and, and the more human it sounds, uh, but mixed with intelligence and stats, um, and data, it, uh, the, the better, you know, I mean, so Google's now got to sift through a lot of AI generated content and, um, you know, it's, it's still, they're still figuring out how to detect when, when a human was intimately involved with that, with that page or that post. So, yeah, I mean, that, that there are some really good tools that will assess how um, a page uh, forms on site, um, especially with regard to content. And it will, it will, they will tip you off and tell you, hey, you need an alt tag here. You need an external link. You need um, to play out these these keywords that you haven't mentioned or these variations of the keyword. So um, I find that really helpful. I use Rank Math uh, in conjunction with WordPress uh, as a plugin, and it it's fun because it kind of gamifies the process. And you get a score, and the goal is to get you know a green, high eighty or ninety score. On, on all your your posts or pages and you set one primary keyword that you're going for and then you know you're going to rank for a lot of other um you know sub keywords long, longer tails off that but it's 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 really fun to optimize your 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 production in that way cool yeah and and i think you know just to kind of bring this full circle you know thinking about why seo matters why mm-hmm. should people commit to making this investment as a core pillar of their not just their content strategy but their business strategy in the long term and mm-hmm. thing you were alluding to earlier you know the reason that that you're going to be able to get a higher valuation on your business when it comes time to sell or to be acquired or whatever your end goal is if you're only relying on paid advertising as your mm-hmm. only source of income um, or traffic to your website that's driving that income. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you stop doing that, right? What happens to your revenue? It stops almost immediately. It drives up. It dries up. So you need other vehicles yes. that are going to be open for people to find you. And newsletters are one way to do that. Social media is certainly one way to do that. But SEO should be, for that reason, a key piece of what you're doing, especially if you're thinking in terms of longevity, if you're trying to do something beyond just a one-year play, you're thinking five years, 10 years, 15 years down the line, mm-hmm. SEO needs to be something you're thinking about. What would you add to that, Jeremy? I love that. I mean, I I, I affirm that and, and I feel like I personally, as a as a consumer, I bypass the majority of Google ads that I see. I'm, I'm, I'm scrolling down to the map. I'm curious, you know, if, if it's a local service that I'm, I'm looking for. And then I love seeing their organic results. I mean, I know I'm in this industry, but that's really how I felt even before I was in this industry. I liked seeing what was down there. I could tell the difference between an ad and, a, and an organic placement. And, and I felt like I was more interested in who had sort of earned it to be in those organic places. And um, I definitely can, can validate ad over ad reliance can be dangerous because your ad account can be shut down. You can have yeah. a payment dispute, difficulty, um, et cetera, et cetera. And, and that can be, uh, you know, wildly, wildly stressful. And yeah. it's fun. I know I'm super impressed when I see a brand both in the ad and then in the organic. And I'm thinking, wow, okay, they're awesome. If I see primetime plumbing as an ad as I'm scrolling by and then I find them in the first five search results, you know, after Yelp and Angie's List, I'm like, 
primetime plumbing. I mean, that, that must be a solid operation. It does kind of reflect um, just almost like the organization has their act together or they're, or, you know, they're operating at a higher level. If they're able to, to play this SEO game. And the cool thing is, truthfully, it's, it's really not a game. It's just a legitimate process that Google's using to sort through, um, you know, all the different service offerings or all the different companies that are out there and create um, a, a reasonable order. I mean, you know, almost like we might do if we're walking through a mall and, and lots of different vendors are selling similar products. I mean, somehow we're going to make a decision about who we're going to talk to, you know, and like kind of zoom in with. Or, or you're dating, you know, you're in a, a setting where there's 50 girls or 50 guys and like somehow based on attraction and connectivity and availability and whatever, you're going to start zooming in on what group you're going to talk to and then maybe what two people and then what one person, you know. And so that's SEO is just a replication online of, yes. of, of our own human uh, processes and Google's got to do it instantaneously. So um the cool part is it's dynamic. Nobody owns that position, that number three, number four. They're not there permanently. And so, it, you know, there's a shifting that constantly goes on. And if anyone like you, you know, you watch rankings one week, you went from number four to number five. I mean, it's not tragic, but it's still not not super fun to see that, um, you know, but you, but you also probably know you'd probably be bumped up to number three next week. I mean, there, there's a little bit of just a fun flow at all. The is creating the the strength, the domain foundation, getting some worthy content out there, you know, for the small business owner, just upping your competition on those three pages that matter, and uh, and doing some creative things, and just just keep keeping the keeping the motion going. So revisiting the topic, you know, hey, what backlinks are we going to build this month? You know, who are we going to connect with online? And um, and I think that's that's a great like inner office conversation. Yeah. I love how we've, we've, we've kind of covered the, the gamut from strategy down to tactics, you know, in a pretty mm -hmm. short amount of time. There's so much yeah. more we could talk. Maybe we'll have to. Um, for people that want to learn more about you guys and what you do, where can they where can they find you online? So I'm at DIYSEO.link and we'll have um, we'll have your particular link, you know, in the show notes. And I've got a presentation that kind of goes into 12 minute detail of, of what I'm talking about and what what someone can grab a hold of with DIY SEO. It's at a price point that's, it's about the same price as a tool. So I, I, I kept running into people who were spending $100 a month on a tool. Like, a, I mean, a legitimate SEO tool, but they weren't, they didn't know how to use it and they weren't really, they weren't using it. And so it was yeah. just like a funny cycle of like, why are you subscribing to this tool that that is a worthy tool, but you probably need one month's data from it to, to then start start your process but then you need to build the backlinks and I, f I feel like i've listed out the backlinks in a real you know self-serve way so people can just click and go i, I list I, I link to the the login page or the start page and then i also have a button that shows a completed backlink from that website and what what that looks like so that really helped me in the beginning was looking at okay this is what it looks like when you finish your profile and your website is sitting there, you know, listed on this page. And then here's the star page. And, you know, here are my notes like, you know, avoid the, you know, you have to click in the bottom right for some reason. You know, I mean, just there are little peculiarities that, that you know, I mean, just, you know, you have to verify your email. You have to, you know, pay $10 and then you're in. So those notes can just make the whole process go faster.
Yeah, beautiful. Much great info. Uh, guys, any questions on SEO, website optimization, getting found online, please feel free to reach out to, to either of us. Uh, we're here as a resource. And uh, Jeremy, I, I want to thank you for your time. And uh, this has been thank a great you, episode. You bet. Cheers. Thank you, man. Cheers. That's it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. My book, Content Capitalist, is on sale now. Grab your copy by visiting my website or tapping the link in the episode description. I also just released the online learning portal, which expands on what I share in the book. This includes four hours of edited, captioned video tutorials and trainings, plus dozens of downloadables and templates. Between the book and the eAcademy, you're going to be equipped to literally blow your revenue targets out of the water and eviscerate your competition this year, all by putting content at the core. Please subscribe to the podcast, rate, review, comment, and share all the things and hit me up on LinkedIn if you'd like to connect. I am here to serve you and that's it. I will see you in the next episode.